Do you really enjoy us like your children dancing before you, flagging the flags and the banners? Um, is that okay? So I'd like to share the notes. I will be having to look down many times just because I don't want to miss anything. So this is what I've put together. If God put a desire in your heart to dance, sing, or create a different form of art, you were made to use it, that talent, to glorify him. Worship dance expresses your love, thanksgiving, joy, and adoration to the Lord. You are allowed to express yourself when words fail to articulate how you feel. Your body becomes the pen, and the music becomes the paper on which you express yourself. That's good. Dancers use their bodies to express the word and the spirit of God. It is a means of celebration and worship and serves the body of Christ. In Psalm 130, 49, verse 3, it says, Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. King David, for instance, a man after God's own heart, danced before the Lord with all his might when the ark was being brought into Jerusalem. Yes, he did. He provides an example to us of what it truly means to surrender to God in worship. Okay, you can leave now. Miriam, Moses' sister, took a tambourine and led the Israelite women and danced and praised God for having brought them victoriously through the Red Sea on dry land. Dance in several forms, you really like me, don't you? Mentioned in 27 times in the Bible is more than enough to show us that dance is acceptable. It is versatile. Some dancers worship in a group, others individually. They just go with the flow as they're led by the Spirit. When you dance for the Lord, you allow him to serve, to use you as a vessel to someone who, who can receive a blessing from him through you. Even just jumping up and down with joy is a synonym of happiness or celebration. So worship dance should come out of an intimate relationship with the Lord that will connect your heart to the throne of God. Anointed worship dance creates an atmosphere to usher in his presence. And what makes it anointed? The faith of the one dancing before him. Also, dancing is not a sin if done unto the Lord with pure thoughts and movements. It is meant to delight his heart like the trees and the grass that sway before him. Unlike the Israelites who danced before the molten calf while Moses was up on Mount Sinai, that greatly displeased the Lord. It says in Zephaniah 3, verse 17, he will delight over you with joy. He will quiet you with his love. He will dance for joy over you with singing. Rejoice over you literally means to dance, skip, leap, spin around in joy. Now, if God dances with shouts of joy over us, how much more should we dance with joy since he is in our midst? The Hebrew word means to spin around under torment emotion, or basically to dance. And other scriptures that support this are Psalm 150, verse 4, 
praise him with timbrel and dancing. Psalm 30, verse 11. You turned my mourning into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Another familiar one is Ecclesiastes 3, verse 4. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, worship dancers sometimes will use wave, uh, flags and banners during their dance, which are symbolic. In Exodus 17, verse 15, it says that Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner, after defeating the Amalekites. Holding up his hands was a symbol of asking God for help. When his hands were high, the Israelites won, but when they began to sag, they were being defeated. Jehovah Nissi is the Hebrew name for the Lord is my banner, which is probably what Moses used back then. During a worship service, flags and banners are used for God's people as a visual tool to minister and glorify him. Worshiping with flags can be a rallying point of healing and fighting back the enemy. They can declare a time of the battle in spiritual warfare, or God's love, his grace, holiness, and power. The different colors you see have their own meanings as well. For example, purple stands for kingship of Jesus, royalty and authority. Blue, of course, for the Holy Spirit, heaven, justice and revelation. Golden amber stands for glory of his presence, faith of the saints, holy. And green, prosperity, growth, new life. And there's so many more colors with other meanings. Psalm 20, verse 5, we read, We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. Banners and flags can demonstrate the presence of God and his availability and his desire to perform miracles and healings. Or to exalt the Lord or celebrate revival, as well as declaration of God's faithfulness. Intercessors may receive revelation from God about what is going on in this, spiritually in the atmosphere that leads them to pray or engage in spiritual warfare while using a flag or to express what is going on in the spirit realm. Standard, I found out, is another name for a type of flag used in the Bible. It is triangular in shape. In ancient times and throughout scriptures, banners or standards declared allegiance to God a nation or an army. They helped lead the Israelites into battle or declare the majesty and glory of the Lord and to beckon the lost to his safety. In Isaiah 59, 19, it states, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and will put him to flight. Amen. This is why we believe our adversary and his minions flee when we raise our voices in praise, <coughs> worship, and dance along with the flags and banners. They begin to tremble and leave, allowing the ones being danced over to be set free to encounter the Lord. After engaging in dance before the Lord, an inexpressible peace and joy fills the individual dancer, knowing that he or she has poured out their love and adoration to the Lord. 
there may be a feeling of great confidence that others have been blessed, changed, or had a personal encounter while they were danced over. It is always a matter of the heart. Yes. It is always a matter of the heart. If your desire is to meet with God, he delights to show up and bless you in whatever you need a touch for from him. Delight yourself in the Lord with all of your heart, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 37.4. Now, it may take some courage in the beginning to step out and dance or wave a flag. Remember, you are dancing before the king of kings and not before those present in the sanctuary. Don't let anyone keep you from expressing your heart to the Lord. Begin with small movements or waving a flag. Keep your eyes on him and overcome your hesitation. The first step is always the hardest. It is a wonderful freeing experience once you step out in faith. You don't know who you may be encouraging to do the same. So be blessed and experience his freedom as you dance before him. I know it has set me free. I'm a lot more open now to express my love, twirling, spinning, whatever it is that I feel in the moment. People might be watching and they may not be. I have had lots of uh, feedback that people have been blessed, but that wasn't me. I was dancing before the Lord. I don't know what I was even doing sometimes, but just step out. Don't let your hesitation, your embarrassment, or what will they think, or what does that look like? Don't let that hold you back. You are dancing before the Lord. You're expressing That's your good. love to him. That's good. He wants to see his children set free yes. and doing the things that their heart tells them to do. The Holy Spirit might be nudging you. Listen to that little nudge and just step out. Renata, uh, do you, can people make get copies of that for you if they'd like? That was some good scripture references there if you want to okay. work that through theologically and so forth, you analytical ones. So she uh, got revelation through, this, through the word of God. Interesting how that works. Oh, wow. Is that what we're about? <laughs> yeah. Love it. Cool. So yeah. I just want to encourage you. The last thing that she said, that's not just for dance. That is whatever God has called you to do. Yeah, yeah all a matter of the heart. She's said that two or three times. I think that's key in everything that we do. Where's your heart? You want to celebrate God? You want to celebrate the Holy Spirit? If it expression and dance, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. So, hey, it's time for this young man to... Uh, Light our pants on fire. <laughs> been excited. He's uh, been kind of hinting to me the directional move where we're stepping further towards understanding of kingdom, kingdom of God. And uh, I tell you what, like, like, like he said last week, I think he mentioned there was like 90 references to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. I'm, kidding, I'm not kidding you. you. You look it up in your concordance. Kingdom of God or Kingdom of Heaven, look how many times it comes up. In the New Testament, it's staggering. And it's mostly Jesus saying it. 
So it was kind of high on Jesus' priority list, way high. So let's make it high on ours, shall we? That's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for uh, conferring upon us a kingdom. <laughs> and you are that king. Yes. And we gladly bow the knee to our king. And we want to know what your kingdom looks like, Lord. We want to be assimilated and just immersed in your kingdom. Yes. To understand it all. Thank you, God. To be a part of it. Not to just know about it, but to be it. Come, Lord. Anoint Doug and his words today. Just give him the wisdom and insight he needs to share what's on your heart. That we would get a grip of all that you have in store for us in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, this morning we're going to be a little outside of the box. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, today's the day of celebration. We have a potluck after service, and, and I'm just excited to be able to just hang out and to just talk and rub elbows with everyone here. Um, but last week, a young man came up to me, and he had something that God had downloaded into his heart. And he read it to me, and it resonated so much with my heart. We have been talking for the last month about the kingdom of God, <clears throat> and that we are citizens, literally have dual citizenship, because if you're born in this country or you've taken the naturalization test, you are a citizen of the United States of America. But we're also citizens, if you've been born again, citizens of the kingdom of God, Amen. which to me, par is paramount. And, and it's how we're in this moment where we're seeing the two, where how do we walk and navigate this world that we're in and at the same time represent the kingdom? How do they interface together in a way that we're part of, but we're not become, become uh, one or the other? We just stay a kingdom citizen. And, and it's like the two running together, we don't want it to become a big blob where we don't, we don't quite know where we fit in. And, and, and I really wanted to go there today, but I really felt that there's something bigger going on in this moment that I want to talk about. So I asked Luke if he would share what God downloaded on his heart this morning because it really resonates with something that God's been speaking to my heart. And that's where I want to go today. So Luke, come on up. There you go. So I'm a back wall comfort person, <laughs> so God has a sense of humor for sure. Um, about three weeks ago, I was um, woken up by God at 3 a.m. There's the sense of humor again. And uh, I just spent some time with him a few hours, and this is the word that I got. So um, God is softening the heart of the church softening our hearts to the world that we have separated ourselves from. The anger and confusion is dissipating, and we're going to start seeing Matthew 9, 12. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Revival starts inside, but then it has to move out. God wants his church to move. 
The world is broken, hurting, and pursuing everything it knows to bring healing, but it doesn't pursue what it does not know. We need to allow Jesus to reveal himself through his vessels. Pluck out the weeds of coarse joking, putting people down, and forgive the sinner. 2 Corinthians 2.11, forgive so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Because, Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This world doesn't even know it's in warfare, or that the only victory is in Jesus, which unless the church stands and shows Jesus, then their battle is lost. This world is in bondage, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. In their case, the God of this world has uh, blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And we are his image bearers and carry his spirit inside of us. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If we suppress the spirit that is inside of us, we keep the prisoners chained. God gave us the keys, yet we walk on paths for fear of being offended, or we're too busy, or we're too tired, and we have unlimited excuses. We can come up with anything to prevent us from walking out what God created us to do. Imagine buying a vacuum to clean up dirt, but instead it worked like a leaf blower, just pushing the dirt into corners and under the rug. What if we help people through their stuff, rather than helping them forget that it's there for a while? 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, for we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Our interactions with people need to address the unseen, because we are walking away from broken people that are living with stuff that impacts their eternity, all because it might inconvenience us momentarily. So, Luke, if you were to just put that in a nutshell and recap. Going to go ahead and put me on the spot, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. You're young. You're strong. I think we, we as the church are supposed to pursue people with a passion as Jesus did. Put aside our flesh because we don't operate out of flesh. We operate out of spirit. So. That's good. Yeah. Good word, man. Yeah. You did awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I am going to change gears this morning because I just feel I need to. Um, right now, we've been, again, talking about the kingdom of God. And we were talking about how we are citizens from another place. We, this is not our home. And, and the United States of America, I love this country, but it did not die for my sins. Jesus did. So I have to hold on to that perspective, that he is the king of kings. There's this thought that, that God wants to come and he wants to just move in and, and force every other agenda out of the way, the world systems, the political stuff, all of those mountains we talk about, God wants to overtake and just, just really make his agenda top dog in all those areas. I think that's misguided. I think the systems of the world or the ancient ways of Babylon, they're going down. And the ancient paths are coming back. 
what God wants us to do is to interface with those mountains and to bring the kingdom of heaven into those arenas. He doesn't need to take control of them because he already owns everything. And those systems, again, were established by man. God wants to establish his rule and reign. But Luke said something about the kingdom or how the word of God starts out of our heart. That's where the kingdom of God starts. It starts within our heart. Jesus said the only way you're going to see the kingdom is you have to be born again. That's our key to seeing the kingdom. But something that's been on my heart, and, and I wrote some notes here. I said, my hope is that you can understand that this earth is not your home. And that you have a purpose while you are here, and that is to be a light, and that is to reveal the glory of God. That is our purpose. That is God's agenda, that we reveal, would reveal His glory and His purposes right now in this moment. God has a plan, and God has a purpose. But paramount, God wants us to have lives that begin to truly glorify Him. And right now, we're in this moment of adversity where we have this greatest opportunity, and that is to partner with Him as He manifests Himself on the earth, inside and through us, His kingdom citizens, His children, His people. But here's where I want to take a different turn this morning. And I, I wrote, I was writing this last night. I said, as the nations and the political, economic, and spiritual atmosphere shift, how many see that shifting around us? The political, the economic, everything is shifting right now. In the past few years, it's gone faster than anything I've ever known in my lifetime. It's happening quick. And it says, we have to, I wrote, we have to think about our citizenship differently in this moment. We must start to hope for, if we're kingdom citizens, and this is what we're saying, and that's the label that we wear, that's the passport in our pocket, that's what's in our credit card, uh, ID, whatever you have, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever that looks like, we have to come to this point where we start to hope for and expect for the unseen things to begin to be revealed. Luke quoted Hebrews, uh, actually quoted a different one, but Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Let's turn there really quick. Again, we're in this moment where we have to start to hope for and expect unseen things to be revealed. And God's kingdom and his glory, I believe with all my heart, is about to break through. You say, well, how can you say that? It's because I can see it. And it comes from within and it's moving out. Hebrews 11, I love the pages turning, I love that. Hebrews 11, one through three. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. This is, a, this is one of those scriptures many of us cut our teeth on. The evidence of things not seen. For it is by, for it is the elders, <clears throat> for it by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen we're not made of things which are visible. So at the end of the day, I read this, and, and, and to de what I'm seeing here is the gift of faith really is an eye that allows us to see into the spiritual realm. It's a willing heart, one that's uh, willing to trust God and His Word and to cling to everything that the Word of God says about what is true. And we're in that moment. I am spending my heart, my time, everything. I'm just going back to the Word and rereading. And revelation is just coming. 
There's so many distractions and so many voices out there that it's muddled some of that truth. And it's time for us to set that aside for a moment and make spending time with Jesus and his word sacred. You cannot put headphones on and listen to 14 podcasts and be reading the word of God and doing all these other things while you're doing this and that and not get distracted. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't care how capable you are of multitasking, but I'm telling you, when it comes to the sacred word of God, we need to just stop everything we're doing and sit down and sit down with the word right in front of us and say, Okay, Father, what are you saying in this moment? What do you want me to see in this moment that I am not seeing? Corinthians 4.18 says, while we, <clears throat> while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. How do we see the things that are not seen? It's by faith. We read the word of God. We read the word of God. We read the word of God. Our faith will increase to the point where we begin to see over the mountains and far, far away, and we believe God and his word. God says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will not leave you standing alone at the bus stop. I'm coming for you. My kingdom is coming, but in the moment, I am living through you out of your heart. Just keep stepping into everything that I have for you. I believe with all my heart that wherever I put my foot, I'm expanding the kingdom. My heart is I want to take the presence of God wherever I go. Whether it's at Walmart, whether it's 10 bucks to, I don't know. But wherever God takes you, you're taking the kingdom with you. But listen, right now we're in this moment where there's so much gaslighting. There's this, we're in this moment where it's like, you, you, you go to the border. They're like, nothing here to see, go away. Going to public schools, nothing to hear here, nothing to read here, go away. Everything is awesome. Are you kidding me? We can see through that. We can see through the smoke and the mirrors. It's time for us to stand up. And I said it again and again, and I'm going to continue to say it until I hear the echo coming back that the greatest weapon we have in this moment is our voice. And we're to stand up and hold the word of the truth and swing it. Speak it forth. It is written, thou shalt not. It is written, you can't, it is written. And begin to speak that to the world. When you fix your eyes upon what is unseen, I wrote, you will see the weight of God's glory revealed. When the earthly nations fall, it is an opportunity, I wrote, for many to come to know the Lord, to see his glory, and to feel the peace that only he can give. When these things of the world fail, when the things of this world fail, we have hope for what is to come. That should be our hope. That should be high on our list. Why? Because we're reading the word. And it's saturating our spirit. It's saturating our flesh. It's saturating us from the inside out. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and on those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
as citizens of the kingdom of God, you and I can be confident that there is coming a day when his glory will be greater than anything we could ever imagine. But remember, Jesus inaugurated that moment of the kingdom of God coming. And we're living in the tension of the now and the not yet. It's not, he's not fully here yet, but his kingdom is breaking forth. And where is it starting? Is it an actual physical realm? Is it a place? Is it a territory? It's your heart. Is Jesus king of your heart? Have you allowed him to establish his kingdom in your heart? You have to be able to answer that question. Because if he's not king of your heart, there is no kingdom of God in your heart. You're running on gas fumes. You need to figure this out. Is he the king of your heart? But listen, we're in this moment, and this is where God really spoke deep to my heart. We're in this moment where we know that the enemy, and we can see it in the natural, we can see the enemy pushing back. Uh, uh, all these terrible things rolling at us and coming on us and around us, and we're hearing, seeing people in the church just fall apart in this moment. And I'm telling you, what the Lord has been speaking to my heart, Garris Elkins wrote a beautiful article, but God was speaking to my heart way before that, and it just confirmed his word. I love that in the prophetic realm, God speaking to your heart, and you'll read and you'll listen to some of the other stuff that's going out there, and I only listen to very, I listen to very few prophetic voices, but the ones that I listen to, you start hearing the echo, and you're going, yes, yes, thank you, Jesus, and the word is pursuit. The Word of God tells us to resist the devil and he will flee. That is a powerful, true word. But for me, I want more. I'm tired of just holding the door. The enemy's at the door. Let's just hold the door. Let's resist the enemy. Let's, let, uh, let's lean into this a little hard. Come on. Come on, guys. Help me. Let's lean into this. Let's keep the enemy from coming in. Guys, it's time to open the door. Let the enemy fall on his face and go out and tear out his strongholds. I'm tired of just seeing people push back and just resisting. I just barely made it through the day. I was resisting the devil all day long. I'm tired. Stop it. If you need help, call. We'll come over. We'll open up the door. We'll kick the door open, whatever we need to do. And not only are we going to stand there and whoop on the enemy and speak the truth, but we're going to follow him back to wherever he, hole he crawls into, and we're going to go down in there, and we're going to take back what the enemy stole from us. There's a, there's a powerful scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And David is greatly distressed. He was given the town by the Philistines. He was fighting the banditos. He was, he's kind of coming in under the radar. What a time for David. And he's, he's, he's doing his thing. He comes back to Ziglag, and all of a sudden, the town's on fire, and everything that they owned, their wives, their children, their animals, is all gone. And David, it says, was greatly distressed. And it says, I'm going to read. This is uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 6 through 9. You need to read this if you haven't. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. His own men, David's mighty men, were so angry with David. How could you let... I can only imagine the conversation. How could you let this happen? Dude, we're out doing fighting for you. We come back and they take everything. You, know, you can imagine the conversation. They are so angry with him. And it says, each one was bitter in his spirit because his sons and daughters were gone. 
They were taken. They were kidnapped. They were all robbed. It was all gone. How many of you have ever returned to your home or returned to your car and found that you had been robbed? You know that feeling you get? It's not a very good feeling. And then it says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Some translations will say David strengthened himself in the Lord. Can you imagine? Everybody wants a piece of your hide. And you're like, ugh. And you want to just go crawl under a rock. David had to have found somewhere where he just, he found this place where he strengthened himself in the Lord. Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt so overrun that you want to just hold your arms down and go, and run through the walls? It's not a good idea. I'll tell you how I lost my arm. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Stress, pressure can do that to you. But David stopped everything. And he focused himself for a moment. And he had to, I think at this moment, he really was talking to his soul. Soul, stop. There's something bigger going on here. And he must have gone through this. Bill Johnson, I love what Bill, just, Bill Johnson says. He says, when I feel that my soul is incredibly distressed, I will sit down and I will begin to read Psalms, starting in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. And I will read, and I will read, and I will read, and I will read, and I will read until my soul becomes strengthened. I will read, and I will read, and I will read until I find peace in my heart. I think that's powerful. You say, well, pastor, I don't have time to do that. Stop it. You better make time to do that because the winds of adversity are coming in ways we have yet to know. You better know this one. You better be able to stop the bus, get off of it for a moment, and make peace with God. So David strengthened himself in God. Then he said to uh, Ubiathar, he said, the priest of Ahimelech, why can't these guys be named like Paul and George and stuff? Bring me the ephod. So Ubiathar, there we go, brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord. David inquires of the Lord. And he says, shall I pursue this raiding party? Notice he didn't say resist. He said, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Here's what the Lord says. And I believe this is a word again for us today. Pursue them, the Lord answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And if you know anything about the story, David goes after him, and not only does he recover everything, but more. So why are we settling for less when there could be more by going out and tearing down the enemy's strongholds? I'll tell you what tears down an enemy's stronghold is when you run out to it and you surround it with worship and praise. That will make the enemy not only flee, but vaporize. <laughs> And I think we're in that moment. I believe that many of you are struggling with strongholds. You've, you've resisted the devil, and you've resisted the devil, and you're tired. You're worn out. You're physically worn out. You're physically hammered down. And I think it's time. It's time for you to stand up, open the door, and chase the enemy down. Chase the enemy down. Pursue the enemy. Some of you have experienced some painful things in the past few weeks. It's time. 
It's time for you to stop. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Put your big girl, big boy pants on. Stand tall in the cotton and begin to go out and to pursue the enemy with all of your heart, with all of your might, and with all of your strength. And go, I see you. I see that stronghold. I'm going to tear that one down. And go out and surround that stronghold with worship and with praise. You say, well, what does that look like? Well, we're going to make a declaration this morning that I think is prophetic. So please stand. And Nikki's, is that you? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Josh? Will you and Rochelle come up here, please? <clears throat> I know that this has been a moment for you guys. One of the greatest influencers in your life, your spiritual father, went to be with Jesus. That wasn't revealed to me by the Lord. She told me that. Just want to be clear. But I see that in this moment, God is re-equipping you. Everything that that brother and that ministry poured into your life is something you're going to build on and move farther into the future. And I see, I see God giving you literally like new boots, Back in the day, there was a boot called a waffle stomper. They had these Vibram lug soles. Anybody remember waffle stompers? Yeah, it was a big deal. If you had waffle stompers, you were, whew. And I just believe that the enemy's given you, the enemy, that God has given you waffle stompers so that you really can go out and stomp on the enemy in a powerful new way because you've been equipped for such a time as this. This is a moment to stop and to reflect, yes, but it's also a time to pursue. But the beauty of it is, is God has equipped both of you guys to be able to help others tear down the strongholds in their own lives. And I know you know what that means. You have that anointing. You're both fighters. I mean that in a good sense. Oh, my goodness, getting goosebumps. You're courageous. You're bold. You're not afraid to get in there and mix it up. You're not afraid to get in there and say, stop in the name of Jesus. And I just want to encourage you guys in this moment to really begin to step into that new ministry. Get ready for the new boots. And God's going to download to you just marching orders and plans. And you're going to look at them. You know, you're, you, you fall trees, danger trees. You know which one's more dangerous than others. But you get in and you take the danger trees out so others can get in and do their job. I just see you doing that, bro. Taking out those danger strongholds in people's lives so that they can be free to go do what they need to do. That's a good word, bro. Love you guys. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> wow. Wow. So, be honest with yourself for a moment. If you have 
or know of a stronghold in your life, you've resisted, you've resisted, but you know the stronghold's still there. And you want to take and you want to tear that stronghold down, I'd like you to come forward. If that's you, yeah, yeah. Strongholds come in many forms. It's not always about addiction and other things, but there's things that can hold us back. Thoughts and ideas and, man. Thank you, Jesus. Max, could you come up here, please? Jesus. See, these people standing up here, they're freedom fighters. You standing back there, you get to help them fight for this freedom. So let's begin to extend a hand and let's just pray that God would set their hearts free, that God would help them tear down the strongholds. But I want you guys up here to pray with me, and those of you out there can pray the same thing. This is a declaration. So repeat after me if you would. Okay? Wow. <laughs> I submit myself to the light of the Spirit of Truth to expose any strongholds of sin in me. By the mighty weapons of the Spirit and the Word, I proclaim. I proclaim that each evil stronghold is coming down. I propose to surround this evil stronghold. Again, I propose to surround this evil stronghold with praise and affirming truth. From the, word of God. from the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Louis, could you just lead us in something? And I just want us to worship for a moment, and let's just let God do what He does. He's so good at tearing down strongholds. Let's, let's just symbolically picture that stronghold now being surrounded by saints worshiping God and watch the enemy disappear, vaporize. I don't like the thought of the enemy moving to another location. He needs to be totally wiped out. Amen? So let's just start to worship. Just declare his sovereignty over this situation. Right yes. You reign above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Because you reign above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe, over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all of heaven and the earth erupt 
sing hallelujah to the everlasting one there is no higher name jesus you reign above it all i just like to take this moment and just pray for everyone in this room the physical strongholds in our lives you know I need to remind you that the devil has brought a knife to a gunfight. We have, we're not just a contender in this fight. My Bible says that we are more than a conqueror. That means we don't get beat up. I mean, we do get beat up, but we win in the end. Every, every single thing in our life. You know, when I was a young man, I used to scrap a little bit and I'd come home and my dad say, who did that? And I wouldn't get in that much trouble for it, but he wanted to know who it was. And that's the way our Heavenly Father is. He wants to know who did that to you. Who put oh, this affliction on you? Who put word. this thing that you need healing from? Because he's the one that's going to take care of business on that. And I just pray that for everybody today, that we are more than a conqueror. We can overcome this, not through our own selves, but through Christ, by knowing who we are in Christ. And I just pray that in the heavenly name of Jesus today. So good. So good. So good. Amen. Thanks, Dan. I'm up here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I just... Uh, can I speak a little bit into your life? Oh, sure, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I'll be gentle, I promise. I just see you standing at a fork in the road, and there's a sign that says this way or this way, and it's got labels on it, and I think you probably know what those labels are, but you're standing here and you're trying to choose, do I go this way? Do I go this way? And I just pray, and I want to pray over you that clarity would come to that decision. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Renata, you want to come up here? Father, we just lift this sister up to you and we just thank you for this moment. And Father, we just pray that with incredible clarity, she would know that she knows that she knows which way to go right or left. It's not that one is evil over the other, but it has to do with outcome. So Father, I pray that you would give her the wisdom to discern in this moment, in this season, which way to go, the right road or the left road. Thank you, God. Wow. Just pray for your grace on this sister's life. I pray, God, for provisions and resources. Oh, for some of the most wildest places, God, that would enable her to be able to just step out and to step in to move forward unhindered God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Uh, when Luke was up here sharing, he, he uh, read the verse, or talked about the verse that says, it's not the healthy that need a physician, but the sick. I don't know if you realize that there's more than sick people in this world. There's sick systems in this world. There's sick systems in this country. There's sick systems in our schools, sick systems in our political system, uh, local, state, and federal. They're looking for someone to bring healing answers. And we are that answer. Yes, yes. It's good. Now, they want to keep 
us out of those arenas. The devil's kind of got a bit of a stronghold going on there. But we, we get to kick strongholds down. Isn't that what the scripture says? That we destroy strongholds. We tear down those principalities and powers and those precepts, those uh, uh, ideas that form against arguments against the, the kingdom of God. It's us. It's these lips, these, these tongues that speak truth yes. into an arena that yes. is sick. And we bring health to it. We bring life to it. Yeah, there's a lot of sick people for sure. And when we get those opportunities to minister to those ones and twos, please do. But also recognize there's systems, societies functioning that are sick in our country that need our healing voice to speak into it. And some of you in this room, you have that voice. You just don't know it yet. We, we have a few minutes, so let's, let's address that really quick. If you feel like God has stirred your heart and given you a voice to speak up for such a time as this, why don't you come forward? And there's a few of you here. Come on forward. I, come on up. I want to highlight you. Yeah. Yeah, just stand right up here. Look at this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to add to that. Some of you, you've got that burning in your heart. You know you've called, you're called to this, but you feel awkward because the church isn't accepting your voice yet. You're kind of like the oddball. Well, that's not very spiritual, brother. You're in politics or doing whatever you're doing out there in, a, in an earthly society system. Don't listen to those voices. Yeah. You were called for this yeah. purpose. Yeah. You are called to change the world. Some of you have been fighting invisibly almost. But God's going to bring you out into some limelight. And you're going to start speaking strong and truthful in arenas of people. just moves in our midst. Let's lift our hearts to him. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my I shared this um, a few weeks ago when we started school here, and God has just been speaking to me about how this is the year of opportunity, and uh, I've already seen it in my household with my husband, <laughs> and just how powerful it is when we speak that out, and then it starts coming to life, and I um, also just feel, 
feel that this is the year that many of us have some sermons that God is going to give to us, and he might just be giving pieces to us now, but they're going to be so new, and they're just going to open our eyes to things that we never even thought twice of about. And so we're going to have some, some people that are going to speak that we never even thought could, could speak or have a leadership role. And I just, I just want to speak encouragement to those who are the outcasts. Mm. Those who have led the darkest life, you raise up so high when you come to the kingdom of God. That's Thank you, it. Jesus. That's good. That's good. Wow. So, Father, I just want to pray for these that stepped up in this last moment here. Wow. Father, that you would increase the volume of their voice. But, Father, that it wouldn't be static. It would be with incredible clarity that each and every word that comes out of their mouth would come right from the throne room, God, with crystal clear, ring-a-bell kind of clarity. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you are the giver of the increase. And I just pray, God, as they step into the fray, that you will give them the increase that they need in this moment, in this season for such a time as this. I pray for those that are stepping into the political arenas, God, that you would use them in powerful ways. You would put incredible words and wisdom and insight into each and every one of their hearts so they could articulate truth in a way that brings clarity to so much that's going on. Thank you, God. But I pray, God, that in this process, we would never forget about the fact that it's about people, God. It's about hearts coming to know you. We can talk. We can deliver tons of information as the day goes on. But at the end of the day, it's about the one standing in front of us. Do they know you, Father? And help us to be able to articulate that truth to them with incredible, incredible clarity. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, God. Mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, wow. Thank you, Lord. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my you alone, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, I long to worship. You alone, you are worthy of my praise. I pray that you will be a worthy God. That would be filled with incredible to heaven. Oh, uh... 
Trust you alone. I will trust you. 